0: value of ours, we are audacious. It's, uh, it's like one of these ones that pull a lot of the values together because we're talking about boldness. Of course we know in Matthew chapter 28 we have Jesus and he's, he's talking about this idea, or not just this idea, it's this great commission to go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit teaching them to obey all that he has commanded. What a bold statement. What an audacious statement. And so this fifth value, we are audacious, kind of gets to this point and, and this idea that as a church we need to be audacious. We need to be asking God to give us dreams that are so big that we couldn't possibly do it without him. I think often we're find ourselves trying to make, do goals or set goals that we can achieve in our own strength. But as a church, we've set this mission based on the Great Commission, to make disciples of all of Ontario. Like, that's not something that we can do without God. We can't even come close to doing that without Him. So we want to be bold as a church, we want to dream big. And after Easter here as a church, we're gonna go through and talk through all of these things that we believe God is pressing upon our heart. This idea of family, this idea of home, this idea of welcoming lost sons and daughters into the kingdom and into the family of God. And We can only do this if we have God on our side. We can only do this if we're looking to Him for for our direction. So I really believe over the next few years, the next 10 years, God is going to do a lot of great things in our church. But if we're going to see those great things, we need to be audacious, we need to be bold, we need to ask God to give us dreams so big that we couldn't possibly do it and accomplish them without Him. We are audacious. Hi there. It's good to have you join us and uh, be a part of our online service. My name is Brandon. I'm the lead pastor at Slate Church, and I just want to welcome anybody who is tuning in from, well, wherever you're tuning in from, uh, whether you're here in Ontario, where we're based out of, we're based out of the Waterloo region, or uh, you find yourself somewhere else in the world. We're just so glad that you'd join us. And uh, regardless of how you found us, we just want to welcome you. We hope that. Um, this service is, uh, is a blessing to you and I, I pray that this message speaks to not just your mind but also your soul and uh, today we are walking through so over the last little while as a church we've been walking through a series of messages called this is church and the purpose of that is to give us some guardrails so to speak on on how we want to be the church how we feel God is leading us to be the church and how in in many ways he's instructed for us to be the church. It can be confusing at times uh, looking around in polarizing times and different responses out of the church to know like what should our response be as a church. And so one of the things that we're trying to identify is like, hey God has asked us to be humble, he's asked us to be missional, he's asked us to be faithful, he's asked us to be unified, and today we're going to talk about that he's asked us actually to be audacious in the faith that we have uh, for what he's going to do. I want to welcome you if you're tuning in from coburg i'm really excited right now that uh, my mom and dad are leading a locals plus in coburg and uh, if you're in the coburg or near the coburg ontario area and you're watching this i would encourage you to send our church a message at slatechurch.com and i think you can actually go there and and send an email to our info account and that'll get to my parents who are actually running a locals plus Uh, anybody else that's tuning in And I want to encourage you, if you're watching alone right now, make sure you're inviting people into this experience. It's not meant to be, uh, church is not meant to be done alone. Uh, This gathering, we call it a gathering, our Sunday gatherings, because it's meant to be a place where people gather. And so if you're watching alone right now, that's okay, but consider inviting people in over time and allowing them uh, to be a part of what God's doing in your life and also through our church. Okay, audacious audacious faith. why don't I pray and then we'll jump into today's message? God, thank you that we get to gather wherever we find ourselves, wherever we're meeting. God, there is a uh, it is an honor to be able to gather and, and learn more about uh, what you're up to in the world and and to uh, to allow you to speak to us. And so, God, I pray right now that you would guide our time together. That God, you would be glorified through this time together. That God, you would. Um, impact us in such a deep way that after um, experiencing your presence here today that God, we would actually go from this place and uh, never be the same. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Audacious faith. Uh, before Jesus goes, uh, before he ascends into heaven, uh, he utters some words that we read a lot as a church and they're uttered in Matthew chapter 28. And uh, and. We've labeled this the, the Great Commission. And the Great Commission says this. Uh, Jesus is uh, but to send into heaven, and he says this. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. You know, in business, uh, there's this term. I believe it was either uh, uh, I think it was it was coined by a guy named Peter Drucker, and uh, the acronym is a BHEG. And so many businesses over the course of the last century have developed BHEGs in an attempt to have a goal in which they um, direct their company direct the organization direct the group of people that they're leading towards a BHAG, a big hairy audacious goal something so big that it actually evokes emotion in those that hear it and drives them towards a certain end a BHAG, and lots of companies all over the the world are using those bhaegs right now and it's a way to motivate employees and point them in a direction well Really, in, in some ways, I mean, Peter Drucker wasn't wrong, or uh, it c- could have also been uh, the guy that wrote Good to Great. Uh, he wasn't wrong in writing that we need to have these big, hairy, audacious goals that we go after. Um, and in some ways, we see Jesus actually give his ba- big, hairy, audacious goal to his church. Like, listen to what he's actually saying. Some of us have heard this passage before, but you, have you considered what it actually evokes in us? Uh, it evokes a response and it evokes an emotion from us as we hear it. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. I mean, that's that's first something to kind of stop on because what we're hearing is Jesus is saying, listen, don't be worried about the authorities of the world. Don't be worried about the authority of your boss. Don't be worried about the authority of that person that you feel you're under the oppres- uh, uh, oppressive um, uh, nature of. But don't be afraid of that because all authority in heaven and in earth has been given to me. And it's out of that reality, he says, therefore, go and make disciples, which is a big, hairy, audacious goal in and of itself. But he continues and he says, of all the nations. It's like, hey, once you've made a disciple, don't stop there. Go make another. Uh, Once you've introduced somebody to the love of Jesus, don't stop there. Go introduce the love of Jesus to somebody else. When you've been able to be a part of loving somebody and caring for someone and providing for somebody and bringing them closer to the to God, our, our Father and and God, the Creator of this universe, don't stop there, but keep doing it, and don't stop doing it until all the nations know who I am, and you've baptized them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. I mean, this is this is bigger than we could ever. Um, we, 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 we could ever actually accomplish in our lifetime. In fact, since Jesus uttered these words, the church of Christ has been moving forward, answering this call ever since he uttered it. He goes on to say this, as if that wasn't enough, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you to the very end of the age. Teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, When it comes to an audacious faith, one of the things that we need to accept is that for so many of us, we grew up being told to dream about doing anything. I had parents much like a lot of you, and um, not everybody had parents like this, but they said, "Hey, dream! Like, really, you got the the world is your oyster. Go do whatever, um, whatever it is that that you feel called to do, whatever you feel in your heart." Um, You know, we've heard words out of our culture, things like. Um, you know, find something uh, you, you love to do, do that as your job and never work a day, a day in your life. And we hear things like dream bigger and, and you can accomplish anything. And what this has done is, is it's pro- provided, as I've talked about in the past, a, a certain amount of paralysis analysis where we think we could be so good at, at so many different things that we actually fail to sometimes just narrow on the thing that only we can do. But when it comes to dreaming audaciously with God, I mean, uh, in some ways, we're asked to dream with God from the faith of a child. I was reflecting on um, Matthew chapter 19, uh, chapter uh, chapter 19, verse 13. And Jesus' disciples are kind of like pushing away the kids. It's like, I I mean... We, we can all be guilty of this at times where we just like, oh man, it's just like they're annoying. Jesus is teaching. We, you know, we got we to gotta create some space so that the adults can hear him. And so it says, Then the little children were brought to Jesus for him to place his hands on them and pray for them. But the disciples rebuked those who brought him. They're like, don't bother the teacher with these little kids. In this culture, kids were e- valued even less than they are today. And uh, as much as we think we have a high view of kids today, we we often fail to protect them uh, in in really actual, actually meaningful ways. And so uh, this has been a common problem throughout history. And Jesus says to them, he says, No, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. When he had placed his hands on them and prayed for them, he went on from there. See, Jesus, uh, and, and Paul in particular, continually evoking from us, that we need to have the faith of a child. And so the disciples, they've seen all of this. They've seen Jesus interact with kids. They've been given the great commission. And they're told to have audacious faith in all that God could do. I mean, Jesus himself utters these words that he's like, if you've been amazed by the the miracles and all the rest, I'm here to tell you, I'm gonna fill you with your spirit. And you're gonna, like the spirit in you is gonna go on to do even greater things than even I have done while being here on earth. We were taught to dream bigger. One of the things that I love about kids is that they just they think they can do anything. You know, I asked my daughter Kensington, I'm like, Kenzie, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I, you know, expecting her to say one thing that she's just kind of been passionate about, you know, maybe uh, recently she's been passionate about her um, her like toy makeup. And she's got this little makeup table and, and it's got like wooden uh, like lipstick and she like pretends to put this on. And I'm like, okay, so she's gonna like, want to work at Sephora, I don't know. Like kids are so like narrow in what they want to do. And yet Kenzie, uh, when I asked her what she wants to do, she's like, well, I want to be a veterinarian i want to be a doctor i want to be a gymnast i want to be an astronaut i want to be a pastor i want to be a and the list like if we don't cut her off she'll just keep going and one of the things that i love about it is that she just believes she can do anything now The difference between faith like a child in the physical sense and faith like a child in a spiritual sense is we need to graduate into not just being children but being adults with childlike faith. And what's the difference there? Is that as we grow up, it doesn't become as much about us as much as it is about finding ourselves doing life with God himself. And so rather than thinking of all the different things that we want to do, we actually start dreaming in the direction of what God wants to do. And God really can do anything, so the stakes are even higher with God. He's not just playing on the level of veterinarians and doctors and what can we do with our lives. He's he's actually dreaming on the level of souls and the renewal of nations and and the the, the renewal of families and addicts being set free and the oppressed um, being released. And those who are spiritually blind beginning to see and all of a sudden a gray world um, finding itself in uh, 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 seeing in full God colors and this is the way that God actually sees us being a part of the renewal of the world and so audacious faith moves us from being children with with just dreams to being adults with a childlike faith that trusts that God could do anything through us and really if we really analyze deeply what we're really all after it's that God would use us in a meaningful way You see, what the world needs right now is less independent dreamers and more interdependent dreamers. On social media, I have enough independent dreamers. People that not only have independent dreams in themselves, they're proud and they're arrogant about it, and they take lots of videos in front of their Lambos, or at least their rented Lambos in the background, telling you about how you can make all the money that you want to make. Um, We have a lot of people um, that that encourage independent dreaming, and follow me and I'll coach you to the life you want to have. The problem with that is it's a very immature way to live life, with God or without Him. Even if you don't want to believe in God, this is like a foolish way to live your life, thinking that you are independent of all of those around you. Stephen Covey, of course, uh, is famous for for, for um, uh, outlining the, the, the growth and the, the human development, that we are, as babies and as children, completely dependent on those that are around us. As parents, we take those children and we teach them how to be independent. And we see that often as maturing. But maturity finds its full, um, full growth and maturity finds its full process. We move, we move not only from dependence into independence, but we actually move from independence to interdependence. The thing is, is that right now, if I just consider interdependence, like I'm, I'm like, it might seem like I am independently speaking this message. But um, if we just take a, a quick look at things, we go, well, uh, in order for me to film today, uh, I had to have uh, a Bible, and and this Bible was not made by me. It was made, it was made by God, written by God, and and written through. Um, a lot of his followers, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, so that's something, I mean, I'm interdependent on them, and I'm thankful that they listen to God. Uh, Right now, before we started filming, David uh, a guy in our church and, and Tim would have set up the cameras and got things going and turned on the lights and, and I'm interdependent on them. And in order to film right now, there's actually behind these cameras a whole office that's working very quietly and I'm interdependent on them to work quietly right now. And in order to get to the office today, I had to fill up my, my truck because I ran out of gas and, and uh, you know I had to had to basically sell an arm in order to pay for what I put in the truck. But besides that, uh, I'm interdependent on the people that bring gas it, if you start to realize like for those that think that they're just independently focusing on their goals their dreams and what they want to do what begins to happen is we actually forget that we need those around us and we need those around us more than we want to admit we need strong families we need strong friends we need a strong church family that can can carry uh, uh, the 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 um, the vastness of the interconnectedness that we are a part of in this world. We, we're actually like pretty reliant on all of those around us. And so in this world today, we need adults with childlike faith that dream interdependently with God. I mean this is starting to get a mouthful but what we're trying to say is listen this isn't about us just dreaming big and praying that God would just kind of somehow bless our lives and and help us to have more money and more houses and more and maybe just a house maybe just have a house or it's not about just us getting things audacious faith is about far more than that it is about the renewal of all things and it's about the renewal of even the church in Ontario and that's our big hairy audacious goal as a church we take from the Great Commission to go out and make disciples of all the nations what we are aiming to do is to make disciples of all of Ontario which is to say people that are closely following in the way of Jesus day by day hour by hour moment by moment, trusting in the sustenance in our surrender to Jesus, trusting in the sustenance of Jesus Christ in our surrender to Jesus Christ. That is what audacious faith means to us. I'll never forget a prayer that my pastor prayed a long time ago, and we were in a prayer meeting, and it was basically just prayer before we welcomed people in for our Sunday service, or maybe it was our Friday night service because it was youth group, and we were praying, and almost time I heard him pray. He said, God, help me to stop praying that you would bless my path and help me to find the path that you've already blessed. And I think that's what audacious faith is all about, is believing that there is a path that God has already blessed. A hero of the faith, one that I mentioned last week, um, uh, or the last time I spoke, rather, in, in, uh, in, in the idea of being faithful. Uh, one of the heroes of, of, of uh, the Bible and heroes of faith that, that I look up to is a guy named Abraham. Abraham would have been, would have uh, was the forefather of the nation of Israel, which in the nation of Israel, the, the easiest way to describe for those who don't understand uh, the history of Israel and how Jesus actually came out of the nation of Israel, is that Israel was the vehicle in which God used in order to bring about Jesus. And uh, again, that's shortcutting the story a little bit, but it helps us because Abraham was the forefather. He was he was the patriarch of the nation of Israel. And what we see, and if you study the life of Abraham, is there was this moment in his life where he was actually asked and called by God to leave his homeland. And uh, in Hebrews eleven uh, verse eight, it's talking about. Abraham leaving. It's talking about all these people of faith. It's called the hallway of faith. It's kind of affectionately uh, named that. And uh, in, in verse 8, it says, by faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place, he would later receive as his in- inheritance. So when he was called to go, when he, was, when he was motivated to get up and go towards the dreams that God was placed on his life, it says he obeyed and he went, even though he did not know where he was going by faith he made his home in the promised land he was uh, uh, like a stranger in a foreign country he lived in tents as did isaac and jacob which would be his son and his grandson who were heirs with him of the same promise for he was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. What I love about this is at the time when Abraham answered this call to follow the dream, the audacious dream that God had placed on him, he stepped out in boldness to go towards what we call quote unquote, what God called quote unquote, the promised land. This is where God would nurture and grow the nation of Israel um that he would develop them and bring them to a place where Jesus could actually come uh, into the world. And going into the promised land, it was just, it was a vast undeveloped land. And so when Abraham answered that call, he was looking towards the city and the foundations. Uh, whose architect and builder was God, but it wasn't yet there. And one of the things about Abraham, if you study the life of Abraham, or if you know the story of Abraham, I mean, one of the things is that he goes and he answers the call of God, and yet he doesn't have any kids. And so this promise of going into the promised land and having generations come out of him was just such a, 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 a far out idea for him because he didn't even have kids to be able to pass Um, pass the blessing or the legacy onto. And so we know of course near the end of uh, Abraham and Sarah's life is that they're blessed with a son and his name is Isaac. But before that, one of the things that captivates me is that we look at Isaac and the story of Isaac and we look at Abraham settling in the Promised Land and we look at some of the nuances of his relationship with his nephew he, who he brought with him. But then both of their um, the people that, that they took with them began to grow and those families began to grow and, the, and those that were um, coming alongside them and the animals and the livestock began to grow and so they had to split into two different places. And we look at all that occurred in Abraham's life, and like the book of Hebrews, we'd say, wow, what audacious faith did Abraham have. And yet I think, really, when we look at it, one of the most audacious parts of Abraham's entire story is that he started, is that he left and answered the call of God, is that he actually decided to go in the direction of the Promised Land. Sometimes we think that our walk with God is going to be God speaking to us and then reminding us at lunchtime of what he spoke to us in the morning and then reminding us at night and then next day we're going to wake up and there's going to be a big sign plastered outside of our window, a big billboard that tells us to keep going in that direction and and all of those different things. And really when 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 we look at the story of Abraham, it's not, this, it's not a story of God continually telling Abraham what to do every step of the way. No, it's a story of Abraham answering an initial call, taking audacious faith, stepping out with that, and moving in the direction uh, that God was calling him to with, in, in faith and with audacious faith, waiting for God to, to do his next move, waiting for God's voice in the next stage of his life. So much of what we... Uh, So much of what makes uh, uh, audacious faith possible is believing God on His Word and trusting in Him day in and day out, even if we're not hearing Him as clearly as we want to every day. Audacious faith. We need audacious faith because The world around us right now needs the church to be the church. The church is the hands and feet of Jesus. We know that as Jesus ascended into heaven, he said, I will give you my spirit, and my spirit will comfort you, it will come into you, it will um, enable you, and my spirit will be what will animate the church in order to serve the world. The church, the local church, right now, wherever you find yourself, wherever we are, Is the hope for what is going on. Jesus is moving through the church. Jesus is the hope of the world but he is using the church in order to bring a world um, closer into a knowledge of him. And one of the things that uh, startled me as I was studying the life of William Booth in preparation for a, a retreat recently is William Booth, the founder of the Salvation Army, said the chief danger that confronts the coming century he was saying this a century ago, and I think he was really accurate, will be religion without the Holy Spirit, Christianity without Christ, forgiveness without repentance, salvation without regeneration, politics without God, heaven without hell. In many ways, in order to dream in in the direction, in the ways that God wants us to dream for the world that we live in, we cannot forget him in the process. He is the one that animates these dreams and this audacious faith that we have you know i think for a lot of us when it comes to our walk with god we're constantly trying to invite him into our dreams and we're constantly trying to uh, invite him into the world that we're trying to build i was reading um, an author this past week uh, eugene peterson and eugene peterson wrote the message translation of the bible and uh he was a faithful man he passed away just a couple of years ago and he told this metaphor of a warehouse and i think he had picked it up from somewhere else but he tells this metaphor and he said imagine a community that lived within a warehouse all they ever knew was what was uh within the warehouse and so all their life was done in there all the commerce all their comings and goings their sports practices just in this massive warehouse and the warehouse has windows, but the windows are kind of grimy, and, and they've been covered with lots of dirt over time, and whatever else. And nobody thinks to look outside the windows. And one day, a child in the warehouse goes and he scrapes off a bit of the grime on the windows, and he looks out, and he goes, "Oh my, oh my gosh! Like there's a, there's a whole world outside of the windows." So we start calling people around, he's like, guys, do you realize like there's, there's a whole world out there and outside as they look through, there's people and they're walking and, and they're doing life and they're like, oh my, there's more than just what's in this warehouse. And they start looking and, and the people are, are doing various different things and all of a sudden a group of people kind of gather together and they start looking up and, and they're watching something up in the sky and up in the sky there's a plane that's flying by and it's, and it's drawing different things in the sky with the smoke and they're just fascinated and they're all pointing. And slowly the people in the community that lives in the warehouse looks and they go, man, these guys are silly. Like they're looking at nothing. And what they do is they retreat back into the warehouse and go, those people are crazy. Now, the first reason they think these people are crazy is because all they know is the warehouse. And in the warehouse, if they were to point up and look at something, all they would see is the ceiling above them. As they look out at these people that are looking at an airplane, they have no context for this. And so they think they're absolutely ridiculous to be pointing up and looking at what they know as the warehouse ceiling. Like, what are they doing? Like, they're nuts. Let's just stay in our warehouse. We're actually okay in here. And Eugene Peterson says, often in our interaction, in our, in our interaction with God, we have a variety of, of responses to God similar to the responses that would take place in this warehouse. First, we can look at those that are truly um, walking with God, having an audacious faith with Him, and point and say, those guys are crazy, simply because we are working from our reference point and forgetting that there are deeper levels that God is calling to us. There is a bigger world that He is calling us to. Another response that we often have in our life is that we're constantly trying to get those outside the warehouse to come into the warehouse. We think it's better, and we're sort of... With God, often what we're trying to do when we interact with him is we're just trying to invite him into what we already have going on. God, I already have this dream in my life. I already have this direction. I already have this longing. I already have this, can you come bless it? Can you come into my life? And he says, but the proper response to the gospel is to step outside of the warehouse and experience the vast world that God has created, the vast world that is available to us in God. And what we see as we step out of the, the confines of the things that we, we so often find ourselves in is that it's in stepping outside of ourselves and into all that God has that that is when all of a sudden we experience, experience the world and we experience life and the way that it is meant to be lived. Church, let's not be a, a group of people that are continually just asking God to come into our lives that are sometimes so so smallly thought through so such such small thinking that we sometimes we're just like god just bless me may get this this one thing when maybe god has something bigger for us god church can we be the type of church that steps outside of the confines of what we've been dreaming into the life that god welcomes us into god is up to something in the world and rather than inviting him uh, solely into our worlds what if we stepped into what he's been doing For quite some time what if we had audacious enough faith that we really believe that we could be a part of a generation here in ontario that sees the renewal of the church here in our province but also sees the renewal of lives because of the transforming work of god's spirit inside of people i believe that the time is now i believe that the time has come to stop playing church and start being the church and so i want to ask this question maybe you've actually never made a decision to follow god at all maybe this life you've been Kind of satisfied to live in the warehouse so to speak um, but maybe it's time to step outside of that and all that god has if you're here today and you never made a decision to follow jesus here's what a decision to follow jesus means is that you trust in what jesus did for us on the cross he paid a sinner's penalty he who was out without sin became sin for those of us that had sinned so that we could be brought back into relationship with god he paid the price the penalty for sin, bringing us back in relationship with God, those of us that would trust in Him. And the beautiful thing is that for so many of us, when we think about God and we think about Jesus, we think we've got to clean up our lives in order to approach Him. And really the story of Jesus is that we accept what Jesus did for us to be able to go and walk in relationship with God. And it's from that point of accepting Jesus and accepting what He's done, that He begins to work with us on the inside about some of those things that we do want cleaned up. It is a futile thing to try to clean up our lives without God, but when we choose to invite God in, that is when we receive the strength and God's spirit and the things necessary in order to find ourselves walking in the world that God has invited us into. If you've never made that decision to follow Jesus, I wanna just uh, encourage you to close your eyes with me right now, make that decision in your heart. Say, God, I I wanna orient my life to you. Uh, God, I wanna receive what you have for me. And uh, why don't we pray? Jesus, thank you for those right now, wherever they're watching, that are saying, hey, I want to I make a decision to follow Jesus. I don't want to live for myself. I don't want to just be independent of all those around me, forgetting that. Actually, this is, I want to learn how to interact with those better. I want to, and there's so many wants, but God, right now in this moment, I pray that they would um, just begin to surrender to all that you've done for them. And God, may you continually invite them through your spirit into a life of transformation transformation into the person that you've created them to be and 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 may they be able to walk into this vast wide colorful world that you've created for us pray this in jesus name amen amen hey i also want to pray just that we would have audacious faith it is not enough to just kind of be can be just completely content just doing the day in and day out and having no consideration for what god wants to be up to in the world and for those of us that Call ourselves Christians or we've been following him for quite some time. Do not forget that the life that we get to enjoy because of our salvation is something we are meant to invite others into. Why don't we begin to pray for those of us right now that we we would just receive um, a focus and a a stirring in our spirit to dream with God. Jesus, I thank you so much for what you're up to. And I thank you, God, that, um, that you've called us to partner with you in the world that we live in. God, the great commission is a great co-mission. It's a great commission with you. And God, we pray that we would not only have faith, but that we would have audacious faith. Not only that we'd have audacious faith, but that audacious faith would be placed and found in you. God, may we step outside of the things that we so often get stuck on in our in our small thinking, but God, may we step outside of that into the world that you have for us. God, give us dreams. Give us vision for the future. Give us a heart for the people that we live around and those that we call family and neighbors and co-workers, those that we lead under and those that we lead above. God, I pray that you would equip us to walk with you and to be a part of your renewal of, uh, of, of Ontario. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Church, love you. So thankful for you. Excited for what's happening in our church all over. And right now, I just encourage us to stand back up wherever we find ourselves and begin to worship. No. Thanks again for listening to our Sunday podcast. If you hear more messages like these, be sure to share and subscribe. We're thankful for all that God is doing in our church right now. We would love to have you be a part of what is going on. You can connect with us by filling out a Connect Card online at slatechurch.com. And hey, stay tuned for more content coming soon.